This is episode 68 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Welcome to the Fit Successful Dad podcast. My name is Gordon, and today's guest is somebody that has built a nutrition company from nothing based on a pain point in their life, which is such a common tale, and it's a tale that I can certainly relate to. That's why I built Sobam Gear Company out of a series of pain points that I was experiencing And when I say pain points, and this applies to both myself and today's guest, I'm not talking about physical pain or something that is agonizing. What I'm talking about is a inconvenience that is so periodic and so repetitious and so consistent that it becomes a pain point. Is it physically painful? No, not necessarily, but it's painful in the way that it's a massive inconvenience day in and day out, right? Something that's annoying, something that is so frustrating all the time that it becomes something that's just over the top irritating. And as a result, some people take that irritation that they're dealing with day in and day out, that frustration, that pain point, and they do something about it. Well, today's guest is a guy named Jude Colangelo. And Jude was an awesome guy to talk to, first and foremost. He is the owner and CEO of a company called Eat the Bear. Eat the Bear is a nutrition company, and they broke out into the marketplace a few years ago with a series of products that included protein powders, uh, branch-chain amino acids, BCAAs, pre-workouts, and a couple other products, and they have big goals and big long-term plans to continue to release products and explore not just those sort of nutritional supplements, but also additional nutritional products and programs. And what I love about Eat the Bear and about Jude and his vision and his team's vision is not that they want to create clean products, which is really a a big part of their program and their, their company's mission, but also to raise awareness about doing something. And that resonates so well with what what I do and what I talk about, what I stand for and what I believe in is is getting out there and doing something. And Jude really gets into this a little bit in the the podcast and he talks about how what he does and what he's been able to do with Eat the Bear has sort of allowed him and enabled him to take that mission and really create a reality around it, which is awesome. And that's the whole point, right? That's really what makes a, a real entrepreneur an entrepreneur is being able to take that vision and, 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 and create a reality based around what you believe in and what sort of problems you want to solve. So I'm really stoked to bring you this interview and I highly recommend that you guys go check out Eat the Bear Nutrition. You can find them all over social. I'll post the links in the show notes, but without further ado, let me turn this over to my interview with Jude Colangelo of Eat the Bear. OK, 
Okay, everybody, we are back with Jude Colangelo of Eat the Bear Supplements. And Jude, my man, thank you so much for joining me today. And how are you doing, my friend? Very well, Gordon, and uh, thank you for reaching out. Yeah, no, this is really, really cool. I was actually surprised um, just how easy it was to get in touch with you. And this has happened a couple times in, in a row now, actually. I've reached out to a few people and... Uh, and I said this on one of my previous podcasts, it can sometimes take me like two or three months to actually get an hour from somebody. And then um, other times, people that I think will take that long, their assistant gets back to me right away and says, oh, yeah, I know he's got a he's got an opening next week. <laughs> you know, let's pencil him in. Um, so anyway, so that's that pretty cool. I just feel very fortunate to have this opportunity to talk to you. But um, uh, listen, before we get into Eat the Bear and all the all the stuff that you're up to and all the stuff that you are are going to do with that company and, you know spins off that company. Um, I just want to know, man, like what, what has you excited right now in life in business, just in general, what has you excited right now? Yeah, great question, Gordon. And, um, you know, if I step away from eat the bear uh, to answer that, um, it's really the beginning of a very new chapter for me. Uh, I, a few months ago came, uh, out of a, a tremendous 23 year career on wall street. Um, and uh, came into Eat the Bear full-time, uh, which is um, sort of neat because uh, I transitioned full-time into a business that I own and that I started. It just, uh, even though I started it about five years ago. Uh, so really, I think probably the most exciting thing for me um, was, uh, or is, still that transitioning because it's a whole new learning uh, agenda for me. Uh, and uh, the realization that there is life after corporate. Uh, so, you know, you do anything for 23 years, you're probably pretty good at it, right? Hopefully you're good <laughs> at it, right? Yeah. Um, so all of a sudden, you know, you leave that comfort zone and the security of corporate and, you know, the um, structure of corporate and large organizations and so forth. And what you're really, really good at, it's, you know, quite a um, safe place and enter into... Uh, a new chapter where every decision counts and every person counts and every minute counts. So, and you lose that safety net of corporate, right? There's no hiding because it all stops with you, you know? So that, that to me is, uh, uh got me very excited uh, <laughs> and anxious in a very healthy way, you know? Oh, that's, I actually didn't know that you were in wall street for 23 years. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to detour here for a second and just ask you about that. Sure. <laughs> so what, what made you leave? I, I'm sure this plays into the eat the bear story and we're going to get into that too. It but, does. <laughs> you know, well, what, what was the primary reason for you leaving wall street? Um, two things. Uh, number one, uh, again, you do anything for 23 years. I hope you're pretty good at it. Um, and, uh, so it was time for a new challenge. If I was going to take that risk, I'd rather take that risk at you know 44 rather than you know 54 or 64. Um, and the um, so some of it was you know a risk-taking decision. Um, other bits was the excitement of growing Eat the Bear uh, on two fronts. Number one, it had become a meaningful. Uh, business, less so a hobby business, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, uh, later on. Uh, and 
Um, then the third point really uh, was as we embarked uh, on the Series A for Ethabear, it was important from an investor optics perspective that I be at the helm all day, every day, and not doing something else for 12 hours a day. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't be overly keen to, you know, give you money, Gordon, to run a business that you weren't at for 12 hours a day, you know? I understand. I understand. 100%. <laughs> but some of it was um, just where I was in my life at uh, wanting a new challenge, and some of it was uh, to do right by not only our existing, sorry, not do right not only by our existing investors, uh, but the growing investor pool through the Series A round. Okay, cool. All right. Um, Sorry about that noise. I don't know. No, it's okay. It's all right. Without muting myself. It's okay. This is reality, man. This is, you know, <laughs> it's uh, 11 a.m. on a Friday, so it's all good. Uh, well, you know, man, so I love Eat the Bear, and I'm, I'm going to do a little write-up on Eat the Bear in the show notes for this episode, and uh, anyone who's listening who hasn't heard of Eat the Bear... You know, I'm going to direct them all to check out you guys' Instagram and website. But the story, the mission behind that company, I know and I think, based on looking at everything and following you guys for well over a year now, uh, is awesome. It's great. I love it. I love everything. It it totally resonates with my personality and some of my core beliefs. But um, I want you to tell me the story behind how you created that supplement company and how it was born. And in there, I want you to weave in, if you can, um, not just you know why you left Wall Street, but not just because you needed to put more hours into Eat the Bear, but like at a personal level, fulfillment level, if that plays a role, kind of get into that as well. No, absolutely. So I am going to um, just uh, take the opportunity to correct some of your vocabulary because it's, it's really important and it's sort of at the um, core of what Eat the Bear really is. Cool, okay. Uh, you, you, you've used the word supplement um, couple of times and uh, there is definitely a supplement market. One of the things to be to really understand about the the Bear brand is we're not a supplement company. We are a nutrition company um, first and we happen to come in in a category called sports nutrition, right? But by no means are we uh, boxing ourselves into that category. And when you look at, you know, certainly some of the large retailers we're in, whether it's, you know, the Academy Sports or the CVSs, which will be on the shelf in, at the end of September, they do their resets and things like that. So we will absolutely be aisle jumping in the large groceries, the large retails, the large box stores, things like that. So I want to make sure when we're that, because it's, it's core to who and what Eat the Bear is, is that it's a nutrition company um, and we want to be that trusted nutrition partner through all life stages. Uh, is the product portfolio expands so and oh, that's awesome. okay just a supplement company great right? yeah no I appreciate the clarification yeah no problem yeah, no. <laughs> so um, we, we view that word as the four-letter word and in, internally so um, <laughs> so I guys uh, have been trained not to use that word so <laughs> um, so so let's go and maybe I deviated from the question a little bit um, so the, um, the story behind Eat the Bear, um, uh, I'll tell you the story um, of the product first and the business second and the name third, sort of because they all work in a triangulated fashion. Um, so a number of years ago, um, the, and 
brief uh, digress here. Um, my background in Wall Street was in futures, so cattle and corn and cocoa and all uh, things like that. Okay. So uh, what a lot of people don't know is that whey, which is the basis of whey protein, is a publicly traded commodity on the uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. And so a number of years ago, um, all the food-grade inputs, whether it was grain or soybean or whey or whatever, started to really increase in price significantly. And as a result, a lot of the large manufacturers, to recover some of their margins, started um, using, quote-unquote, the proprietary blend. And mm, yeah. that's yeah, um, that's when you saw you know, them using a concentrate blended with a milk protein, blended with a casinate, blended with um, you know, a number of other protein forms. And what ultimately happened is it was very, very difficult at that point in time to find a um, lactose-free uh, protein. And the only distillation of uh, the whey that is actually lactose-free is what's called the whey pure isolate. Um, and um, so a number of years ago, um, I couldn't find uh, a lactose-free product, which I needed uh, for myself. Uh, it just wasn't readily available at that point anymore uh, because the inputs were so expensive. And so uh, I worked with a nutritional scientist to make something to 10 specifications. I wanted it to be um, use minimal ingredients, so four to five ingredients. Uh, it had to have between 100 to 110 calories uh, per serving. No carbs, no fat, no sugar, lactose-free, cholesterol-free, gluten-free, no banned substances, sourced and assembled in the U.S., and it had to taste amazing. Right? And so um, the um, I finally got it, and then the next challenge was trying to um, find a manufacturer who was willing to run small quantities of this for me, because remember, it wasn't a brand, it wasn't a product, it was just... Um, 10, 20, 30 pound bags for myself, right? And the family found a small manufacturer who was willing to do small runs of it. Uh, and they, um, we eventually outgrew them, but what ended up beginning to happen is that friends started tasting it um, and using it. And I was going through a lot more of it. Uh, and people would say, oh, when you re-up, can you get me 10 pounds again? me 10 pounds things like that so it wasn't a product it wasn't a brand i was you know it was the sort of um the, the, the very beginning um of the financial crisis back in 07 ish 08 ish and so uh the uh, so that was really the genesis it was a product that i was having made for me and then um someone convinced me to start selling it, but I had literally a bunch of powder in a plastic bag. I, I did, it wasn't a brand, it wasn't a product, it wasn't an anything, right? A, just a bag with lots of powder in it. And so the um, friend says, now you gotta start selling this. So in 2011, in January 2011, I built the world's worst website and I put- <laughs> You did it yourself? Uh, no, I actually used an agency because at that time, <laughs> You know, at that time, you didn't have the likes of 
uh, Squarespace and all these other things where you now can create a great looking website in a, in a, in a you know, couple of hours. Back then you really had to use an agency. And so it was, it was very expensive and very horrible. Um, and, but I put, you know, my one product and my one formula and my one flavor out there. And now at this point, clearly I had to put it in packaging and I had to give it a name and so forth. And um, that's where the company name comes from, Eat the Bear. And because uh, a colleague of mine on Wolf Street had, uh, would always say uh, to us when um, we were complaining about stuff or just having a bad day in general, uh, etc., he would always say, uh, the line from the Big Lebowski, which is some days you eat the bear and some days the bear eats you. So we would always just comment, you know, eat the bear, eat the bear. And it was, uh, and he had uh, passed away from leukemia around that time. And uh, so I named the company after him. Uh, so that's sort of the triangulation of the genesis of the product, the genesis of the company and the genesis uh, of the name, because that name serves as, um, our uh, brand ethos and um, and company mantra around overcoming obstacles and pushing through life's challenges, um, whatever those obstacles and challenges that we all have in our life, which are all different, of course, it's irrelevant, right? It's uh, it's just the pursuit of pushing through them. Well, that's pretty powerful, man. <laughs> it really is. That's awesome. Uh, can I ask what your one flavor was that you had to offer at first? Oh. You can. Um, so the flagship um, product was cinnamon bun in the way pure isolate protein. And uh, from there, it we now have about 26 SKUs uh, and, and all natural lines, sport lines. Uh, we'll be bringing out a vegan line this year. Uh, so the uh, but cinnamon bun is what started it all. That's it, huh? Okay. <laughs> And it was the number one seller up until this year when uh, it got knocked off its perch by Blueberry Muffin. Wow, awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. I, I love that story. And how long did that whole process take, you know, from when you had that, that scientist making just these small batches for you, uh, just for testing, to having your beautifully elegant website put together and, and schlepping products, you know, in, in, in large quantities. Yeah, it was about two years in the making. Okay. Uh, and, ju and just to temper um, sorry, how much credit you're giving me here, I wouldn't say <laughs> we were shipping large quantities at those days. Um, and uh, so I guess, you know, when I started shipping product, um, my one flavor, uh, it was in uh, early 2011. Uh, I was working for a bank at the time that seemed to figure out how to be at the epicenter of every problem and crisis known to man. So, um, you know, it was uh, a lot of stress and a lot of pressure uh, during the day and late at night. And then I'd go home and pack out my two pound containers of cinnamon bun for people. Right. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it was a, it was a very interesting um, period. Uh, so, but just to um, temper how much credit you're really giving me, I would say, you know, we were shipping out, we being me, we shipping out a couple at night. Um, to put it in perspective, that first year 
of Operation 2011, uh, we did um, $25,000 in sales. Uh, so yeah, but see, that's that's awesome, though. That's like, you know, that that's how real. It's my opinion, anyway. That's how a lot of real companies are born, is through that that slow grind, you know. And I'm sure that you had at least at least a little more than you do now uh, um, of a, of a connection with every customer. Oh, absolutely. So, so few customers, you have more time to talk to them, you know, one on one. Maybe ask them if they have a problem, fix the problem. Um, and I'm sure you still go above and beyond for your customers, but when you have fewer, it's just easier, right? It's just a volume game. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, 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 I think that's great, man. Um, so how are sales and, you know, how's your customer base now? Fantastic. We, uh, we, from a retail perspective, not including the CVS rollout, which um, is beginning to hit their warehouses uh, next week, but won't be on their shelves until the end of September when they do their in-store resets. Um, right, so not including the 3,000 CVSs, um, we have about 1,500 uh, retailer doors that we're in today across the country. Uh, and so that'll jump to 4,500. Um, we have tremendous distribution partners, um, not a lot of them, but the ones we have, we keep very, very close. And they've been amazing to work with. And uh, from an online perspective, um, in terms of the customers that we know we have online via our e-commerce platform uh, at etbfit.com, that which doesn't include, of course, customers who buy us off of, you know, Amazon or uh, Walmart.com or sure. Jet.com, something yeah. like that. Um, the Right now, we have an active customer base on our e-com platform of twenty-three thousand. That dude, you ha that's got to be something you're proud of. Come on, <laughs> yeah, yes. that's Very amazing. Great. That's amazing. Congratulations, that's really cool. Um, so, besides product offering in the nutrition space, because you're not a supplement company, you're a nutrition company. Uh, besides your product offering in the nutrition space, what is the big vision for Eat the Bear? So it, the timing of that question is excellent. We almost have that dialogue uh, on a daily basis uh, because we we recognize what's gotten what's made us successful um, to date is having a great product and a great service behind it, right? Um, the and that will take you pretty far as a business, but it you know won't propel some of the future growth uh, that we know we're capable of. So. Um, we have this uh, this conversation on a daily basis is how do you take a great product and augment that in a great service level, but augment that with um, great support around it, right? And uh, really becoming that trusted nutrition partner through all life stages uh, and building that trust. So um, our, our focus right now, in addition to new products, of course, um, is um, how we augment the product with lifestyle support. And, you know, that can come in the, a, a number of forms, right, that um, can come in, uh, whether that's, you know, training support and training not necessarily being gym specific, right, um, 
you know, it, um, whatever someone's doing in an you know, active lifestyle perspective, um, whether that's surfing, climbing, running, rowing, whatever it may be, you know, how do we support them, right, from a, a training perspective uh, and be available to them uh, and approachable for them? And from not only a training perspective, but a nutrition perspective and a coaching perspective, et cetera. So um, that's what we're focused on building out at, uh, at the moment. What you call it? You call that lifestyle support? Yeah. That's really cool. So, cause, um, I was, uh, I was hesitant to go into too much, uh, detail early in our conversation, but, um, the other part of, uh, sort of being the nutrition, um, uh, brand is um, it's really a lifestyle nutrition brand right and so whatever that lifestyle is for you and how you're uh, active we don't really care we just want you out being active and taking those next steps whatever those steps are for you right so yeah I get it I mean that's the punchline right it's it's just living a healthy life doing something like moving Absolutely. And that could, you know, that health may come by doing something physical, but there's also a, a tremendous amount of uh, mental aspect to it as well, right? That drains all of us. Sometimes the mental stress is far worse and sort of the emotional stress in our daily lives is usually far worse and limiting and inhibiting on us uh, than any level of physical stress, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, are there any products that, or product types, I guess, that Eat the Bear will never sell or produce? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, partly because it's a commercial decision because markets, um, certain product markets are saturated um, or our customers just don't want them, they don't use them or something else. Um, and then there's, of course, um, products which we won't run because um, it would require us to really denature uh, the genuity of that particular product, whatever that particular product was. Um, so, because um, our market, it's important to understand that um, we, our market is very different than when you look at the major incumbents in this uh, space, uh, in so much as we are much more geared for uh, active lifestyle and health and wellness enthusiasts and we are split straight down the middle 49.6 percent of our customer base is female and we love that right and we like we love that balance um, so you know it, it, it um, there are a lot of products that we just won't get into because um, it just doesn't suit our market um, or because you have to take something that starts off great and denature it so far and put so much other stuff into it to make it do what it says it does and, and, and the efficacy of that product, that it's just not in our wheelhouse or our portfolio. Can you maybe get into that at all? About what those might uh, be? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, sticking with something which we view as um, very saturated, and that's not to say that the products don't work. For example, like creatine. Creatine works, right? Um, our customers don't want it, they don't use it, they don't buy it, um, and they don't need it from us. Um, so it's um, 
but that's not to say that creatine doesn't work. It's just not interesting to our customer base, right? It's interesting to a lot of others, um, but and it's a perfectly good product, uh, but uh, just not for our customer base. So, and then there's um, a number of um, spaces like when you look at uh, some of the um, energy drinks um, and you know from a brand perspective and a business perspective I give them all the accolades in the world but again we'll never bring out uh, a bang or a monster or a red bull or something like that and I give them credit for what they've built it's tremendous um, but it's just again not in our portfolio aspirations yeah yeah got it that's cool that's great um you probably can't divulge this even if there is something, but uh, I have, I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, do you have plans uh, to expand into more uh, retail stores, but retail stores that are more uh, like fitness and health and um, I'm going to use the word supplement, but you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, stores like that, like the GNCs or like a Dick's Sporting Goods kind of thing. Uh, is that is that something you're interested in? Uh, yes and no. So the likes of Dick's Sporting Goods, where our active lifestyle customer is going anyway, we absolutely want to be in something like that. We're an academy sport today. So Dick's is a very organic, natural place for us to expand into. Uh, GNC, um, we will never sell to. Um, and uh, for a number of different reasons. Uh, vitamin world not to be confused with the vitamin shop vitamin world we will never sell to um, for very specific reasons and so um, but certainly uh, big box retailers were open to uh, always open to talking to if it's you know where our customer shops you know certainly grocery you know we're in 200 HEBs across Texas. We're in 200 Harris Teeters in the Southeast region. We're in um, uh, Myers across the Midwest. Uh, we just uh, are activating a 50 store pilot for Publix. Um, you know, we're um, talking to Costco's, although that's a long lead time. So, certainly, where our customers shop. We want to be there for them, and we want it to be certainly in the grocery store. Um, we want to be as approachable and as normal a purchase in the grocery aisle as you know tissues and tomatoes. So, because um, when you look at our four brand pillars, it's clean, lean, trusted, and approachable. So we want it to be accessible where our market is, and we want it to be. Um, normal and, and approachable to grab it off the shelf in, a, in let's say, an HEB when you know, someone's in there doing their other shopping. That's great. I mean, it seems like a you know, trying to get that totally organic um, fit, you know, that, that, that fit on the aisle, in the shelf, uh, that just makes perfect sense for it to be there rather than trying to you know, place it where it doesn't belong kind of thing. Um, and there, there was a... Um, I might mess up the um, the franchise here, so pardon me if I do. It was uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was the CEO of Myers, but again, I, I might be mistaken, the franchise. Um, but uh, he had made a, a great point. He said, right now we are a grocery store with a, um, 
a health section and uh, he said, and this was about five years ago, but he said in 10 years will be uh, a health store with a grocery section. <laughs> you know, because people just, you know, want more produce and more whole foods and right. more, you know, uh, greens and things like that. So, um, you know, you can almost begin to see that um, shift happening. Right? Yeah, and no, I can see it too. And anyone who's in the fitness space more than just your average, you know, weekend warrior uh, that work goes to the gym, you know, Saturdays and Sundays or whatever. But people who are in the fitness space a lot, I, I think that trend is pretty apparent. And um, you know, I got got to give you guys credit. You're probably a part of that, which is cool. Um, so you know, I just have a few more questions. Um, I am curious. What are your thoughts on like youth fitness, youth health, youth sports today, especially in the U.S.? So, a couple observations. Um, the they're a million miles away from you know when I was in grammar school or high school or junior high or something like that. It is uh, remarkable uh, to me. Um, so, in terms of not only the availability of options, right, and uh, but the structure of the programs. Uh, the training of the programs um, and the uh, expertise that they're bringing to these in terms of coaches and, and the opportunities that they're opening up for people. So they've done a phenomenal job in the last, um, let's call it, I don't know, 20 plus years, um, really making these programs meaningful. So I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, so, um, I mean, as, you know, when I was in junior high or high school, you know, um, gym class looked like playing on, um, you know, the service road of 280 in New Jersey, right? <laughs> so, you know, whatever you did on that service road was up to you. Just don't get hit by a car. And uh, so the, so I, I think um, we've done really well as a school system across the U.S. in pockets, right? There's certainly pockets that are woefully underserved. Uh, but I think uh, I think on mass we're doing a great job to bring that to the fore. So that's a good side of it, right? Um, the other side of this is um, sort of when I think through the accessibility of um, stuff that is um, available to um, young people today, coupled with the pressures on these young people. I would not want to be in um, junior high or high school today. Um, I think the the pressure to be, you know, the best looking, the pressure to be the most athletic, the best at your sport, the best student, the, you know, whatever the case may be, and then it's 24/7 because of the social media influence, and you cannot get away from it, and. So, you know, as a result, I think it's um, a tremendous amount of pressure for any young person to handle, number one. And, um, you know, the demands, um, quite frankly, uh, the adults don't help this uh, situation from the pressure that, you know, coaches or parents may put on people, things like that, which isn't always bad, but it can get overdone. Um, but so I think these programs are fantastic, although we still have a lot of work to do to get into some of the underserved areas. 
Um, and but I do worry about the amount of pressure we have, uh, you know, the 360 pressure that younger people are under today. Um, you know, I didn't drink a cup of coffee even though it was in my house 18 hours a day as a kid. <laughs> I didn't, uh, and yeah, big urns we used to have as, uh, and so forth. And so the, um, I didn't drink a cup of coffee till I went, you know, till my first job on Wall Street. And so now, you know, you see young people, very young people drinking coffee, then I'm, you know, uh, a high energy, energy drink. And, you know, they're on all sorts of, you know, um, weight management pills and all these other things. Well, that level of stimulant isn't healthy either, but the amount of pressure that's driving them to want that or need that or require that is uh, really unfortunate from my perspective, right? Um, I was, uh, you know, shaped like a glass of milk in high school, right? I was, you know, really pale <laughs> and chubby and, you know, I you know, uh, had the athleticism of a two by four. And <laughs> yet my best friend was uh, the captain of the basketball team, you know, every girl's favorite guy, you know, that type of thing. And we we're best friends you know, to this day. And that was okay. You know, now the social pressures on some of these young people are just uh, overwhelming. And um, one of the things we want to roll out to augment some of their um, their sports programs and athletic programs and so forth is more of um, a nutrition message around that, right, uh, to complement that activity. Um, but done in a way um, with some of our brand ambassadors and high-profile people like Noah Neiman, who's a celebrity trainer, uh, or Luke Keekley or people like that, uh, to um, really not only drive home a nutrition message, but also a lifestyle message like, hey, it's okay to be you, and it's okay to take some time to figure out who you are, right? Um, so... Uh, so that is um, uh, a major initiative which um, we'll be crafting through the uh, balance of this year with an aim to roll it out in 2018. Oh, I didn't know you guys were planning to do anything like that, but that's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I have a, a six-year-old. He's not really uh, he's not really getting to that point yet. You know, he's so young, but I have plenty of nieces and nephews that go through. Uh, and have gone through middle school, high school, up into college, and just seeing the difference between, just like you said, you know, from when you went to, to high school and you went to middle school, um, same with me. You know, I went went to high school, middle school back in, uh, you know, 90s, um, and seeing it now is just totally different, and, and, and just everything you said, I, I totally agree with, and so I uh, just, you know, I was curious with your perspective on that. So the fact that you guys are rolling into that uh, that world and trying to, to hit the youth side of it, I think is great. Um, that's really cool. I think they need it, personally. I'm around enough kids, uh, just having a kid and having friends who have kids and nieces and nephews. I just, I think they need it. I think they need a positive influence like that, um, especially coming from a nutrition company. I really do. I think that's great. So that's cool, man. Um, I know to the audience, this probably sounds like it was something that I knew ahead of time. <laughs> I honestly had no idea. That was just... Uh, I was just curious of your opinion on that, and um, I'm really, really, that's really awesome to learn that you guys are doing that, so. But, but again, it dovetails beautifully with, you know, what we talked about earlier, Gordon, is, you know, being that 
trusted nutrition throughout all life stages, right? So as we grow the product portfolio into ready to drink and ready to eat and so forth, um, there, you know, we, we want to make sure we're complementing that with, you know, a certain level of education too, right? Here's how to differentiate the product and what you're really putting into your body. Yeah, yeah. Um, so listen, if you could go back and talk to pre-Eat the Bear Jude, if you could go back and talk to Wall Street Jude, uh, what one piece of advice would you give your younger self? I'm going to give, um, I'm going to repeat the, I'm going to, I'm going to repeat, sorry, it's trying to, <laughs> I'll repeat the advice that I got. Um, unfortunately, very late in my career, whilst I had a, a great career, um, and worked with some amazing people, all over the world, and so forth. Um, and um, I got advice from my, my last boss. And unfortunately, it was very late in life. I wish someone gave me that uh, advice earlier, so I'll repeat his advice to you. And, and he, you know, we're, we're sitting one day, 